It's the Emily T. Gale Talks Golf and Other Sports Show here on ESPN Radio AM 815 Hilo, AM 790 in Kona. I'm up at the shops at Montelani on a beautiful Sunday afternoon, and I'm with a, a friend who I haven't seen for a few years, and I know he's happy to be back in Hawaii. His name yes. is Norm Blandell. Norm, nice to see you. Nice to see you, Emily. Now, the link with Norm is that Norm was a, is a PGA pro, master professional, and uh, there's only, what, like 200 master professionals in the Exactly. Country? A little over 200 out of the 28,000 PGA members and apprentice. And what is that, the master professional? It's a, a classification based on education and work experience. Uh, there's a couple different uh, ways to get that. I'm one of the older pros now, you might say, that achieved it uh, some 10, 12 years ago. But uh, now they uh, based on recertification, but it's based on education. And uh, here on this island, I think uh, Marie Salters, Marie is a master professional as well. You know, I'm not sure, Emily. Okay. I don't know her. But Marie, uh, or what Marie that teaches up in the oh, I got the yes. name wrong. What's your last yes, name? Yes, uh, Matson. Marie Matson. Maybe now married and has since I think it yes. is. Yeah, so yes. she's a master professional as well, I believe. Right? Yes. And you knew Marie. Yes, very well. I actually, I uh, had the privilege of helping Marie. Restart in the golf business. Okay, that's yes. a nice story. How long ago yes. was that? That was uh, 15 years ago. Now, yes, you and I just met a few years ago, and and uh, we met uh, through my sisters. Said uh, you had all gone to high school together, and and I think one of them gave you my name when you came back over to Hawaii. And I say came back over to Hawaii because you actually opened up the Manalani Resort Golf Course back in the early 80s. You were one of the first uh, PGA pros there with Jerry Johnson. Yes, I, I was privileged to say I was the first head professional at Manalani Resort. What a what a wonderful experience it was and uh, has been. So in eighty one, were they building it in nineteen eighty one? And what yes. was you know? And how did you happen to come here as the the professional? It um, I had brought a group of forty um, members of my club, and we came and uh, got introduced to Jerry Johnston, and uh, one thing led to another, and he um, invited me or offered me the opportunity to come back to Montalani and work. Mm-hmm. And so that was what is now called the classic course. There weren't two golf courses then. There was just the one golf course. Now they have the the Manalani North and South. And for about a month or two every year, they eliminate some of the holes on the North and some of the holes on the South course and recreate the original golf course so everybody can play it. But there couldn't have been many homeowners here. And probably Manalani Point, was that even open at the time? Yes, it was just getting started. It was all in the early beginnings. And you're right, it opened in 81. But... uh, just memories along the way of the journey. It was just wonderful. Uh, Montelani has always considered uh, been considered one of the finest resorts in the world, and I still believe that today. And was there a lot of play at that time? I mean, what would be a lot of rounds of golf? I mean, um, if we had a big day, we'd have 125, 150 rounds a day, uh-huh. which at that time was busy for a new resort. And mostly visitors then, because people were coming to the hotel and there weren't very many residents here at the time. Correct. It was mostly visitors, but uh, the Monolani Bay Hotel was uh, one of the finest resort properties anywhere in in Hawaii, certainly. We're talking with Norm Blandell. Norm is uh, from my hometown of Michigan, a little town up in Metamoras, where uh, Lapeer, where Norm is from. But he's had a great career as a PGA professional, and he's a master professional. There are only 200 in the country, so he's played a lot of good golf and had a lot of uh, 
jobs that have given him some great memories, but the one that he does really remember is when he opened up Montelani Resort, 1981, 82, 83, and 84. Correct. And in between, I know you taught at one of the um, uh, the schools were, were people who were interested in getting in the golf profession. So talk a little bit about some of the things you've done in between at the different golf courses, but also talk to um, somebody that might be looking to get into the professional about some of these schools, because we talk to a lot of junior golfers and high school golfers on this show, and I always like to address kind of the path one might take to get into the into the profession. Boy, that's a that's a great, good thought. Uh, there are really two paths that I would recommend, certainly um, for high school students now graduating in any of the PGM professional golf management programs with um, PGA schools. And then secondly, there are some professional colleges that offer a two-year program. And the one I was associated with was the San Diego Golf Academy. They had uh, five different schools throughout the mainland in places of San Diego, Phoenix, Arizona, Orlando, Hilton Head, uh, just wonderful properties that you could go and study golf management as a career path and also learn to teach and uh, ultimately get a placement opportunity in the resort or golf operations. So it's a wonderful path, uh, again, based on experience and education. So many of the people that enter the golf profession here in the island start out as guest attendants, and, you know, they're recreational golfers that are cart attendants, guest attendants at the resorts, and eventually they decide they love that that's the sport, and they get into the golf shop, and they start putting in their time as an apprentice to be, get a PGA card. Um, you know, what, they're going to the school. Does that accelerate somebody's path to getting their PGA I think it does cards. accelerate it. It gives you a great opportunity to to be around the environment. One of the um, most recognized people in golf, uh, a gentleman named R.J. Harper, who is the vice president of Pebble Beach Pebble Corporation, Beach. Okay. Um, did just as you said, Emily. He is such an inspiration. He started at Pebble Beach as a uh, outside service attendant, a bag attendant, if you will, and rose to the highest. Now he is uh, the vice president of golf operations for the Pebble Beach Company. So if you can dream it, if you believe, uh, those are all real possibilities. I'm just thinking real quick off the top of my head, a couple people like Joe Root, who started as a guest attendant, I think, at Waikolo Beach Resort years ago, and he's been at Corderville, and uh, now he's back here at Kohananiki, and... uh, Noah Galdera, who started as a guest attendant at Hapuna and and then was uh, assistant pro at, at uh, Big Island Country Club and is now the director of golf at Big Island Country Club. So sometimes it has to do with just being at the right place at the right time, but having let somebody know what your passion is that you want to be in the business. Absolutely, and being around people that we can all learn from, I, I call it vertical learning, um, it goes both ways, from the top down and from the bottom up. And as long as we have an open attitude to learning, um, unlimited potential to learn. Looking back, if uh, you were to do the, if I had known them, what I know now, what would you say about the golf profession? What what it is? First of all, I couldn't believe how I played with you the other day, and I couldn't believe how well you're still playing. It was just fantastic. But uh, you. you know, most golf pros say, "Well, you never really get a chance to play the golf you thought you were going to play." But but what would you say to someone out there and picking that career path? You know, if they're going to get into the business side of it, or if they're thinking they want to turn pro and 
try to play, you know, uh, on some mini tours or something, that you really have to kind of decide what you want to do as you go through that path, don't you? Even if you do end up as a club pro. but Yes, you do. I think that's well said. Um, It can go both ways. My my passion has centered around golf and being around the people and the places where the game is played. Um, And others have been very successful with uh, not playing the game, but involved in the business of golf. I like to think that it's more than just a game. It's uh, it's a life. How about women? Opportunities out there for women more than there were 20, 30 years ago, do you think? Or do you, uh, Absolutely. You know? I, I am inspired and uh, love to see women playing the game of golf. Um, I think there's more opportunities now and in the future than ever for women. And the gay, game needs women um, playing the game. The game of golf is uh, losing players as fast as they're coming in. They're also not continuing the game. What, what, what do you think is the reason for that? Uh, I think five-hour uh, impatience. <laughs> I think impatience. Uh, a lot of times, people will get involved in the game of golf and not realize uh, the commitment that it takes to learn how to play the game and, and the commitment it takes to play the game well. Would you concur? I always tell people, you know, don't be a new golfer and go out there and get an 8 o'clock in the morning tea time with everybody pushing you behind, that if people learn to to play it in a way that fits their lifestyle, I mean, I tend to like to go hit balls a lot. I don't play a lot of rounds because I, for my work schedule, it works better to go out in the end of the evening and, and, you know, hit balls for an hour and a half and kind of be prepared when it does come time for a round of golf. But even if people get used to playing late afternoon, if they tend to not like have somebody pushing them behind, I mean, there's... There's all kinds of ways to play in the game without always picking an early morning tea time and 18 holes, isn't there? Absolutely, and it, it, I think it gets back to learning the, the principles surrounding the game, such as you just said, courtesy, respect, um, perseverance, those core values that are important in life. You've been, uh, you're out in Oregon now, right? Yes. So you've been at Bandon Dunes. You've been at some pretty nice, nice golf courses. What are some of the experiences? We're talking with Norm Blandell. Norm is a PGA pro, master professional in the, in the, uh, teaching with the PGA. And, um, he was here in 1981, 82, 83, and 84. He opened up the Montelani Resort, has some wonderful memories of, of being here. And it's always fun to get together with Norm and play some golf. What are some of the, 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 you know, top five experiences you've had in the world of golf that you well, can uh, come certainly, to mind? Certainly my friendship over the years with Jim Langley, the head professional for uh, 35 years at Cypress Point, has been very special in my career. Jim's my mentor and great personal friend. I, I've just enjoyed our relationship over the years. That's been very special. But I call it the collectibles collecting the the memories and the places that you can play this great game. Um, Augusta would be one. Most golfers would dream to play Augusta. Um, Pebble Beach is certainly another. Bandon Dunes. And then in the Hawaiian Islands, uh, I've had the opportunity to play some of the new golf courses. For example, Nenea and Kukio. And, and you play very well. Oh, thank you, Emily. Thank you. They, they are such beautiful properties and maintained uh, on the highest level of golf. How about people you've played with? Some, some fun experiences, certainly in pro-amps and stuff. You have to have been paired with some interesting people over the years. You know, one of my 
memories as being the the golf professional when Tiger Woods uh, was uh, playing golf from age 7 to 10 years old. I was the head professional at the Navy Golf Course in uh, Cypress, California. What a thrill it was, like all of us, to watch Tiger even at a young, uh, early age and mature into the person and player he's become, uh, Mark O'Mara. Let's go back to that a minute, because you were talking about that the other day, about your son was uh, playing junior golf then, and you would have him play with Tiger a little bit, and when he got older, he said, why didn't you have me play with him more often? That's exactly right. You know, you try not to be... um, to uh, guiding with your your children and let them do the things that they feel are important. But, um, yes, he did say, why didn't you make me play more when him, with him uh, when we were young? And what was that like? I mean, those years, did they come out there every day and practice? And was they real congenial with everybody and friendly? Or what was he, was he a I'd rambunctious see. kid or was he pretty focused or... I, I used an example recently, the lesson that the pro learned one day. I was driving to give a lesson and went up to the range, and Tiger was putting uh, four-footers on the putting green. And I pulled up in my golf cart to say hello, and I said, hi, Tiger. And he didn't look up. And so I sat there a minute or two and waited. And again, I said, hi, Tiger, thinking he'd look up and acknowledge me, because we'd been playing quite a bit of golf. And he didn't look up, and so I sat there for a few more seconds, and I I thought, well, I'll try one more time. And I said, hi, Tiger, and he never looked up. And so I drove off to give my lesson, and as I reflected on that over a period of time, the real lesson for me was that Tiger, even at the age of nine years old, was so focused that... It was incredible to see that you don't even see that in most people and players today, and I saw it in a nine-year-old. And have you had a chance to say hello to Tiger in the last 10 years or anything? I have. Uh, Tiger was at the Golf Writers uh, Dinner at Pebble Beach here several years back and had a great opportunity to say hello then. Um, kind of a mutual friend of ours, speaking of golf writers, uh, Jack Berry from Detroit, you know, with the Free Press, was uh, honored at the Masters with the Journalism Award of the, of the Lifetime Journalism Award. So that's wow. those golf dinners are always nice, aren't they? Um, talking with Norm Blandell, Norm was the PGA pro that opened up Montelani in 1981, 82, 83, and 4. Has had a great career in golf, loves the game, still plays well. I had the opportunity to play with him the other day. and. He's had the opportunity to play all these great golf courses up and down the coast and love being back in Hawaii, don't you? Yes, I do. There's no better place in the Hawaiian Islands. <laughs> nice to see you and Alice. Uh, some last thoughts, to whether they're junior golfers, women golfers, recreational golfers, or some last thoughts to people about how to enjoy the game more. I, I would say that, Emily. I would encourage people to learn as much as they can about the game and enjoy uh, various aspects about the history of the game and maybe Maybe uh, learn how to play better, to play whatever level you choose, um, and enjoy the people that you come in contact with through golf. It's Norm Blandell. He's become my good friend. It's so great to see you. And wouldn't it be fun to get you back here in Hawaii working again in the golf business? Uh, and, boy, you're sure playing well. Maybe you come over here and play in the, the state tournament or something because you've got a lot of game left. Thank you. For a senior. <laughs> yeah, great to see you. And uh, Norm and I both say aloha. Aloha.